This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So, I wanted to finish off uh, the series that we were doing, which is taxes that were in Morocco. Although, the last time I checked, the U.S. government doesn't base themselves upon the Jewish literature tax in Morocco in the 1700s. I don't know, you, any tax lawyers here, they'll tell me otherwise. But we have a lot of important historical, philosophical, and halachic ramifications that come from it. So the first thing that we talked about was exit tax. The second thing we talked about was taxing Talmidi Chachamim and anybody else who was involved in clergy-like activities. Today, I wanted to discuss one more thing about somebody who works in, in one place and lives in another. Where does he pay taxes? It's a fascinating question. So if you want to take a look at those at those previous shiurim, they're on Torah anytime and also on the Darke Abutenu channel. The question is like this. There, Rabbi Tzchak ben Walid was already asked this question in Chelek Bet Siman Tzadihe. And he was posed the following. He had a certain someone who was doing business in Tangiers, but he lived in the city of Tetuan. It's in the north of Morocco. Tetuan was the city where Rabbi Tzchak ben Walid was the Rav from. And the way that it worked was that the city demanded, or the city community will call it, a certain amount of tax, and they gave it over to the government. So they had certain rules in place, like we spoke about last time. For example, Talmidi Chachamim were exempt. I mentioned last week that Talmidi Chachamim meant anybody really who learned at any free moment that he had, even though he wasn't in the class of like one of the great Rabbanim of the city. Turns out afterwards that I found that there's three different opinions here. The Ktonet Yosef, Rabbi Yosef Berdugo in Chelek Gimel says that only great rabbis, great Rashi Shiva, they were exempt from this tax, otherwise everybody has to participate. Uh, he brings from Rav Chazdai, al Shononino, and a few other Gdolim that were like that. This definitely wasn't the custom. The, the second opinion was Rabbi Tzchak ben Walid, how he writes that a Talmid Chacham has to fulfill two conditions. Number one, any free moment he has, he has to go back to his learning. And number two, he has to be somebody who you could ask him anywhere in Shas and he'll be able to understand what, what's going on. And that limited it somewhat. And the third opinion, Rabbi Yosef Birdugo in Divrei Yosef, uh, in, uh, in, in, he brings that the custom was already that anybody who is learning basically is exempt. It was a type of thing to give more honor to the Torah. And they, they insisted it that it goes that way. And, the, and, and we proved from the Batidinim in Fez, that's what, they, that they, that's what they went by. Not only that, there was particular cases that people came that they were elderly or, or widows for sure they were exempt. Elderly people were exempt uh, if they could show that they had no earnings. So it really was a case-to-case basis. And over here, the question was, is that it was one city needed the income and and here you have it people traveled to another city and they're they're in that city they're they're doing business and it's very logical for Tangiers to come and say we want that tax we want that tax because at the end of the day it's the uh, it, it, you're working there and because you're working there you're increasing whatever type of like road service that there was needed 
or any other type of tax that the government put on based on the amount of Jews that were there. And and the people working from Tetuan to Tangiers participated in that. So Tangiers said, wait, 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 we should have to pay the tax. So he brings Teshuvah Vayom Yitzchak, a Psak Din that was written on this from two great Rabbanim from Tetuan. Their name was Rabbi Ephraim Monsonego and Rabbi Yehuda Koryat. And both of them wrote that categorically you can't get burnt by two fires. En adam bebet ishot. You can't get burnt by two fires. Either one or the other. You can't pay two places tax. And he proves from many, many sources. a long teshuvah. And he proves from many sources. One of them he quotes the zichut avot. Of, um, uh, he was also a Rav Yehuda Koryat, I believe. Siman Ayin. That writes, this was the custom in Avachachmei Fez. And all of the people of of, of Morocco, he, he writes, go after the Minagim of Fez because that's where the Minagim started because that's where the original Migurashim came to and that's where there was, at the beginning, the nucleus of Torah and that's where Minagim were instituted. So that the rest of the Arya Ma'arav, the cities of, of Morocco, went after the city of Fez in this regard and in many other Minagim as well. And he said, and says, this is no different. And this, the minhag was that you always go according to the place where you lived. Although there was a big argument to say the other way. The uh, Rabbanim said you have to choose between one place. And since at the end of the day, the wife and the children, his place of residence is what should be the factor. That's how he was posek. So it's an interesting tidbit. It's a short, uh, it's a, it's a short uh, uh, Dvar Torah. But it, it just gives us a perspective on what was going on. And uh, if you take a look at the Teshuvot for the Chachamim, of, of Morocco, there's an inordinate amount of teshuvot that were written on this subject about 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 taxes, who pays and who doesn't pay. About Talmidei Chachamim, there's a lot of taxes. There were a lot of questions. There was questions about 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 a person who has businesses in one area, but he comes to do uh, 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 he 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 lives in another area, as we mentioned. There there was there was taxes about how much how do you calculate what he owes or what he doesn't owe, which is way too technical for us to get into. But it, it, and, and the, the Rabbanim that dealt with it at the time, we got familiar with their names. We got familiar with you. Everybody went, it seems to be, that all the Teshuvot, they pointed to one main address. And his name was Rav Yehuda bin Atar. He was uh, buried in the city of Fez, right next to La Solika. He was in Morocco, nicknamed El Kbir. He was the Gadol Ador. Or Achaim HaKadosh came to him, came to him for Askama, as well as everybody else in those times. They, they pointed that he was the Gadol Ador in those times. He was originally, he was a jeweler that worked for, um, that he, he did things for the king. Which the famous joke is that everybody did something for the king, right? But he, but he apparently, he, he, the people, and there are Arabs till today in Morocco that say that they have a certain ring that he made. That he made. And for them it's like a very, very uh, big kavod. It's written on his kever of Yehuda bin Atar that any time that there was people... Who who uh, who had a disagreement in betim, and they would have to make an oath who was right or who was lying or was not. They would drag those two people to the kever of Yehuda ben Atar, which was not so far. You know, the betim wasn't so far away from the betakvarot, uh, and that's where they would have to swear. And if I'm not mistaken, it says over there there were some times that people messed around, and on the spot something happened to them. Others will be will happen to them. It, 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 I'll tell you what's interesting is that is that I, I have a cousin who lives there till today and he's renovating the, 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 the cemetery of Fez and he found 
that there was one very small plaque not far away from there, and it was written a name, Rav Yaakov Kenizel. Okay, who is that? It was like it was lost in the dust. There was nothing there. You would have never noticed it. And five years from now, it would have been totally lost. It turns out that Rav Yaakov Kenizel came from, from the Migur Hashim Sfarat. You look on HebrewBooks.org, which has a vast array of Sfarim, you'll see that he is written over there as he has a perush on Rashi ala Torah. Very hard to decipher that writing. Maybe somebody one day will want to publish that book. That will be a great service to Am Yisrael. It's very hard to decipher the writing. Um, it's like very old Rashi print that's like blurred. And, 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 and he wrote a perush ala Chumash. And it's written in the Sefer Malchera Banan from Rabbi Yosef Benayim, also from the city of Fez, lived in the 1960s. Uh, he, he, he was Niftar in the 1960s, I would say, and he's buried over there in that cemetery. He has a whole sefer on the different Chachamim of Morocco. And over there he writes, Rav Yaakov Kenizel was a great Chacham who came from Migurashi Sfarad. He was maybe the second, maybe second or third generation from Migurashi Sfarad. And he said that, that he was so great that people in the city of Fez throughout the generations, whenever there was a drought or another Tzarad, he would gather by his kevid and they would pray and, and, and there would be Yeshua that would come. And this is something that, 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 that would have gotten lost. It's just like, it's unbelievable the, the, the impact so that, 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 that these Chachamim that, that, that are, 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 could, could get lost. So uh, uh, a big Chazaku Baruch to, to, to my cousin uh, Eli Deviko, his name is, that he's really putting in a lot of effort of doing this and, and, and discovering that there are these Chachamim that could get lost, which otherwise their legacy would be lost. And their Torah, also, now we know about their Torah, maybe somebody will arouse themselves to, 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 to learn and print their Torah, and that would be the big zikhut. Chazaku You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.